listening to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. I'm Paul Moore. And I'm Herman Even, And I'm going to take this right from the top here. I really want you to understand, and I want the this this whole topic of freedom is so crucial, but we've missed a critical part. And typically we teach this differently because if you can't understand how your emotions fit into this whole issue of freedom, you're going to completely blow this freedom issue. It's going to completely blow up on you if you don't understand that. But let me pray for us. And then we'll launch into trying to understand how emotions fit into this whole issue of freedom. Absolutely. Father, help me find my missing stuff. (laughs) That's right. Lord, we do thank you so much that you have given us emotions. Thank you so much for the emotions because they're awesome. And we're not trying to get people to not use these great gifts that you've given to us. But we are asking that you allow us to understand how the emotions work in relationship to freedom, particularly. Otherwise, we're going to really miss how much we can provide grace and understanding to others through this mechanism of freedom. In your precious name, amen. Listen up, team. We're about to make some much-needed changes to extreme control racing. We're going to start right at the top with a new name, Freedom Racing. Well, what else are we changing? I'm glad you asked. We're going to slow down. What in tarnation? Slow down? What kind of racing team slows down? I don't mean on the track. I mean in our relationships. Remember that time when I got upset because I didn't think you'd have the car ready in time for the next race? When the reality was, you had the car in tip-top shape in plenty of time. I sure enough do. From now on, God's in control. No more imaginary fears. I want to start focusing on now. Where is our race next weekend? We don't have one next weekend. It's Billy Bob's wedding. What can I do to help? He sure could use some help working that word NASCAR into his wedding vows. I think I'm busy that weekend. The prayer and the drama, bless God for that, just another way to look at this. Mm -hmm. And all I can think of is... We've been dealing in Chapter 8, Section 2 on the website, greatrelationships.com, GR8, numeral 8, relationships.com is the website, but Chapter 8, Section 2, and it's all about freedom and choice, and I'm there, and before the prayer, I was saying I'm in touch with my inner Spock, but I'm also remembering this song by the Rolling Stones, you know, and... I'm not the only one in this sea of emotions, and every time I just seem to be tossed there to and fro, and how come that's not helping me with this whole notion of freedom and choice? Well, it's because we don't understand. If you you look at Chapter 8, it's all about freedom, and the way that we have orchestrated Chapter 8 is we actually start with emotions. And we haven't talked about it that way on radio. We've ta- we act we start with emotions because it's so critical to understand freedom from being emotion led. And then we go into freedom and choice and then we go into freedom from guilt and and uh, freedom from resentments, bitterness and grudges and freedom from guilt. So that's the way the chapter is outlined. Okay, and again, that's chapter 8 at our website, greatrelationships.com, gr numeral 8 relationships.com. Here's right, the question. Right, right. Hold on though. What people don't understand is they can get to all this material anytime they want. Now, just just remember this: it doesn't you you don't have to sit here and listen to this program on the radio right now. You can get to it anytime you want. You don't have to sit here and think about well, what what is it that I missed there? What is it that I? You can go and get this information anytime, any place, as long as you have uh, access to the internet. That's what's so important for us. And I really appreciate you mentioning the great relationships. It's a website because 
the radio shows are there. Please take advantage of that. Please take advantage of all those videos that are sitting out there. So there you have it. Not only can you support this program, but you can listen to any one of these programs whenever it fits your schedule. You can look at the websites that, or excuse me, the videos that are in all the chapters at gr 8 numeral 8 relationshipscom Yeah, and so let me get my emotions off my chest here. <laughs> yeah, what are you really thinking? <laughs> yeah. I, I can this... tell what you're feeling, but it's hard to see what you're thinking. Isn't that the problem? Uh, it's, it truly is. One of the biggest ways, biggest mistakes that we make is we tend to operate on opinion and emotions. That's how we deal with our relationships with each other. That's a mistake? I thought that was normal. It is totally normal for most people, and it is a mistake at the same time. So the issue for us is I love emotions. I love them. I think they're awesome. I love to get passionate about things. I love to, you know, Unfortunately, I love to scream and shout. (laughs) Even though I'm an introvert, I love to do that. But I really have been benefited by understanding how emotions work. Now, let me give you this little picture here. One of my favorite movies is Alien, the original Alien movie. Absolutely. With Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, that was an amazing movie because it had that little creature come out of that guy's chest. Yuck. Right? It got me right there in the middle of the chow hall. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to put yourself in the movie theater watching some scary movie like Alien. Okay? Now, you're sitting there in a comfortable seat, maybe with Coke and popcorn, And you're watching the movie in that theater. And this scary scene shows up. What happens to your emotions at that point in time? They take off. They take off. Now, why do they take off? They take off because the writers know that if you can, if they can write it in such a way that gets you to think that you're in the movie, then they've really got you. Your your emotions are telling you what? I'm in trouble. I'm about ready to get eaten up or I'm about ready to get stabbed or I... That's what your emotions are telling you, okay? Now, look at that picture, though. You're sitting there in a comfortable seat with Coke and popcorn, and it's not happening to you. It's happening on the screen. And yet, what are your emotions doing? Putting me right in it. It's putting you right in it as if something is going to actually happen to you. Now, that brings up a critical word that you've got to understand about emotions. They're always responders. They're always responders. That's one critical thing that you want to consider. As opposed to initiators. As opposed to initiators. The second thing, and we're going to cover this multiple times in in some other examples here. The other thing, what other thing is actually happening in your emotions in watching the movie Alien as you're sitting there in the chair? Not only are your emotions responding, but what's another word that you might be able to utilize here uh, about emotions? I don't know. They're untrustworthy, often untrustworthy. Were you actually in any trouble? No. <laughs> no. You weren't. You weren't. There was no creature getting ready to come out of your chest or even, you know, <laughs> even start thinking about attacking you. So those are two critical things. If we don't understand how those two words are so important for us to understand about emotions, we're going to miss how freedom works. I've written it down. Emotions are, one, responders. Emotions are, two, untrustworthy. Emotions are real. I'm having them. That's exactly right. And I know that I have been in countless discussions where 
I'm going to say my feelings, right, are directly transmutable to emotions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel that you're lying to me. My emotions are telling me this is wrong or, or you're up to right. no good. Right. And that's, that's what hurts relationships. Unless we understand that emotions are often untrustworthy and they're always responders, we need to understand that concept of responding. We need to go through an example to help you understand that. And I'm not going to tell you that example until after the break. Oh, great. But if we can understand how to think about emotions from those two aspects, you will make make a tremendous leap into understanding how freedom works, and you'll probably do a better job in dealing with your relationships. If okay, you can those understand two aspects. That they're often untrustworthy, and they're always responders. And I'm going to give you something else to think about after the break. There's three words that we need to figure out how to put in the proper order. Thinking, actions, and feelings. We need to figure out how to put those in the proper order. Greatrelationships.com, grnumeral8relationships.com. There you can find any of the programs that Herman had talked about. You can listen to them at any time, whether you're going to listen to them on your smartphone, on your computer, in the background while you're working on something, or more importantly, dig deeper. The videos, the study guide that that goes with them are available on the website. Again, that is grnumeral8relationships.com, or find us and like us on Facebook. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. If you use your past for illumination, your future is bright. If you use your past for contamination, your future is bleak. Virginia Satir. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down. www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Now! And you're listening to Great Relationships. That's GR numeral 8. Herman, before the break, you had given us the thing about not to be emotion-led. And you gave us examples. So this is going to hurt, but I'm going to give you a real example. Uh-huh. I remember that I had just gotten out of boot camp in the Navy, and I was in touch with my inner Sylvester Stallone, right? And I was being all <laughs> macho. And I got a hold of this girl who used to live across the street from me, and we went to the movie show. The movie was Jaws. Yeah. So there I am in my new dapper dress, whites, feeling all kind of manly, you know? And the scene where the burn body rolls over the log, mm-hmm. I was the only one in the theater that screamed like a little girl (laughs) and she looked at me and said what happened yeah that's that is a very 
clear example of how your emotions end up ruling you and ruining you many times. That's exactly right. So, so you said we're not going to understand freedom unless we understand how to deal with our emotions. And you said, hey, Paul, two things. Emotions are responders and they're untrustworthy. And then you had three little words you're going to help me stack. Right. What we need to consider here before we get to those, <laughs> let's, go th- let's, wait. let's go through another example. Uh, and we don't have the time to actually do this example, but so I'll just talk about it. Often in a group, and go, go try this with a group, and you'll almost always get the same response. I typically say to a group, okay, everybody in here, I just want you to be sad. Just be sad. And I give them a few seconds or I say, I just want everybody in here to be happy or just whatever emotion you want to throw out. It doesn't really matter. I typically use sad. And then I say, so is anybody able to do that? And inevitably, somebody will raise their hand and I say, so how did you do that? How are you just sad? And they'll say, well, I thought about a situation that was a difficult situation in my life. And I say, I didn't ask you to think about something. I said to just be sad. And they go, well, I don't think I could do that. And I said, that's right. You can't. You can't do it. <laughs> because emotions are what? Responders. They have to have something happen for your response for the emotions to show up and respond to. So what does that imply about the, the relationship of the three words, thinking, actions, and feelings. How do you think most people order those words? Thinking, feeling, and actions. How do you think most people order those words? Well, I already know. It is feel, act, justify. <laughs> that's right. And, oh, you didn't give me that word. Can I buy a J, please? That's right. I totally agree with you. I, most people's lives seem to fit that order. It really isn't that order, and I'm not going to get into that today, but that's the way most people look at life. I feel something, I act on it, and I rationalize or I think about it later. But what's the real and best way to do this? It needs to be think first. Always think first. I really don't care what the other two are that come after that, but if you want to go into the website and see the principle, we say think first, then feel or act. So think first, then feel or act. But in difficult situations, you need to think, act, feel. So that's, that's critical. So we can talk about all of that principle here in a little bit. Okay, this is where I've got yellow lights flashing. Okay. I need some biblical support for this. Okay. For the idea of thinking first versus emotions, how about Romans chapter 12, verse 2? Does God ask us to renew our emotions? What does he ask us to renew? Renew our minds. No kidding. Isn't that interesting? Now, if we go to Philippians 4, what does he say to do <laughs> in, ver- in verse 8? Does he say for us to, uh, you know, just, just buck it up and hope that your heart helps you out here? No, he doesn't say that at all. He says, think on these things, those things that are true, just, noble, pure, lovely, of good report, anything that's praiseworthy. Think on these things. And why was he talking about that? Because of in the previous part of the chapter, he's talking about removing anxiety and the peace of God will come upon you. To be thinking correctly is the way that our life is to be operating. To think correctly. 
Okay, I've been schooled here because I thought for sure you were going to doctor film me and go, well, Paul, how's that working for you? And wham, smack, right there in the Bible. Yeah. There it is. Well, there's there's truly the idea of the, the heart is mentioned often in God's Word, and it's a combination of heart and mind, the way that the Bible talks about it. But we're it. supposed to guard our heart, not lead with it. That's right. The issue for us to consider, some people will argue this point, they'll say, well, in... God specifically said the first commandment and the second that's very likened to it is to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. There it is. It's emotions. It's first commandment. Now, is that really true? Is that what is that what love is the way that God is saying that? No. Okay, well, then that was going to be where I wanted to ask. God made us sentient beings. Mm -hmm. We have all these senses. We have these emotions and we have this mind. Well, if we're not meant to be emotion led and I could kind of squint and look at this wrong and think that emotions are bad, my question would be, but God gave them to us, right? Absolutely. And I love emotions. I love emotions. I think emotions are absolutely dynamite. Please. This is one of the things that we often say as we teach this particular section of great relationships. Please do not assume I'm asking you to be Mr. Spock. I'm, I'm just not asking you to do that. You say all the time in the videos, I'm not asking you to be emotionless. I'm saying don't be emotion led. Excellent way to say it. That's right. I don't want you to remove your emotions out of your life. I just don't want them leading you. Now, the issue for us is if I have right thinking and I understand that the way life really works is think, then act or feel. If I understand that think is critical, then I'm going to be able to deal with a situation. So let's assume that somebody is reflective. They count to 10 to slow their emotions down versus somebody that just goes and, and uh, literally bangs up something, you know, takes a hammer to a wall and knocks a hole in a wall. And then after they've done that, they're, they're, they uh, slow themselves down. They're able to deal with life. What's happening here? I'm going to tell you that if you can grab a hold of your thinking and get your thinking straight, then your emotions are going to follow your thinking. Now, why is that? Because your emotions are always responders. Okay, then, then, then I've got to ask a serious question, okay? Because I'm, I'm almost not hearing you because this question's welling up in front of me. I get slowing your emotions down, counting to 10, the whole nine yards, slowing my emotions mm -hmm, down mm -hmm. that I can think. But what if my problem is stinking thinking? That's, uh, that was something I wanted to wait until another show, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now. Can I have a little peek? No, I'm going to tell you. I'm just going to simply tell you. You are identifying the real way that most people operate. Everybody, whether they're operating correctly or incorrectly, actually operates with a think and feel or act routine. It doesn't... No, so it's no, not that I'm broke. I'm really doing this. The we really is. are doing this. Whether you're operating correctly or incorrectly, you are operating with a think first. It just looks like you're feeling first. What's going on is you have stinking thinking. The stinking thinking is driving stinking feelings and driving stinking actions. Is this putting me back into the model of the two circles? Yes, it does. Because what happens is if you have lousy thinking, anything that attacks you from the outside is typically going to engage the emotions and drive you into wanting everybody around you to change. And that is what 
causes you to end up in that left-hand circle. So you've, you've stated something that's really important. It, we don't, no one, for the most part, operates with feelings first and then acting and then thinking. No one does that. I really. liked it better when I had the excuse of I was being emotion-led. But yeah. now you're telling me I've really got stinking if thinking. If you just have stinking thinking. And that's, and that's the reason why God specifically says in Romans chapter 12 and in a variety of other places, specifically Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, look at what's going on in your mind. What's happening in your mind? And that thinking is what is driving the actions or feelings in your life. Now, it's critical for us to understand how all that works. So the issue for us is to consider if we understand the fact that I get my thinking straight, my emotions are going to be better, then finally my actions are going to show up. That's going to be good. But I do want to uh, uh, talk about when do we need to think, act, feel right after the break. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12.10 Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral 8 relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And you're listening to Great Relationships. That's GR numeral 8 relationships.com. Putting infinity on its head, that's turning that eight for the GR8 relationships.com. Herman, before the break, we were talking about think, act, feel. And I noticed that you said you, you want us to think first and then act and feel or feel and act. Does it really make a difference depending on which of the two I do? Uh, it makes a tremendous difference. In fact, one of the things that we know from research is that if you want to create even better actions uh, or more exaggerated actions related to what you're thinking about, you need to have feelings come before that. If you want to expand on your ability to act on something, you need to think about it and your feelings need to follow that and then you need to act. That's what is a great way to do it. The difficult thing though for most people is how does think, act, feel work? Now, that's a very interesting situation for us because there are going to be times that your feelings have no desire to come in line with good thinking. 
That would be most of the time. <laughs> Not for you. I, I know better. <laughs> but the issue is I have some thinking and I want to slow my emotions down enough to get my thinking back into the right order. Okay, I really want to do what's right and I'm going to go act on that and then I'm going to hope that my feelings respond over time. Now, let me give you an example. I've given this example before. Try not to be too specific with it. There was a couple that came and this is one of the most dramatic situations that uh, the Lord has allowed me to be involved in, that the woman had actually created the papers to divorce her husband. And the couple came to talk to us, and we sat and talked to them for about two, maybe three hours. And during that time, we talked about all these issues, design and development and uh, the judgments and emotions, and got to the place where we're talking about thinking, acting, and feeling. And we did a little exercise called the magic question. Not going to go into that. The issue is we ask her to think of some simple little actions that she could take in order for her to start acting in a loving way toward her husband. Because she is the one that was filing for divorce. Right. Now, just think about this. And since that's in, this is important, since that was already in her head, that's how she was acting. Exactly. She was feeling negative toward her husband, and she had gone and filed the divorce papers, and she had actually had an affair on top of it all. So the issue is she came up with three simple actions. Now, listen to these simple, simple little actions. We basically said, so what would be different in your life if you were not having these type of feelings toward him, what little actions could you be taking on a regular basis? She said, well, I probably would get up in the morning and I would uh, hug him and, and I'd probably make him breakfast or at least coffee. And then before he left for the office, I'd probably kiss him goodbye. And I said, so let's just try that for 30 days. Would you commit to us that you'll do that every morning? Would you commit to do, doing that every morning? Now, just think about this. If you go back Put this in the framework of thinking, acting, and feeling. Where were her feelings? She was drawing up divorce papers. She had thinking that was causing her to follow some feelings that were not positive toward him, and her actions were therefore negative. So we said, okay, we just want you to think differently. We want you to think in a way that will cause you to act in these three simple ways. That's all we want you to do is act in these three simple ways. 30 days later, they came and talked to us. Divorce papers are gone. They're still doing good to this day. Bless God. So what can we learn from that simplicity? Because all of us have this option. It may not be that dramatic. All of us will go through these type of times. I, in fact, experienced some of that even yesterday. All I need to do is get my thinking straight, act in a certain way, and my feelings will come around. You get your thinking lined up with what God wants you to do, act accordingly, and your emotions are going to respond at some point. You can't tire of doing what's right. That's the whole idea of Galatians 6, 9. Yet our third Bible verse. (laughs) That's right. Don't tire of doing what's correct. And that is the idea of think on godly things, act accordingly, and your emotions will come around. That is a critical aspect for us to consider here. So if we don't pay attention to that, we're going to miss. One of the things that I forgot to say as I was talking about the, the, the greatest command and the, the second that's like unto it, love the Lord your God and love the neighbor as yourself. Why is that not a feeling? Because love is a, a decision. It's a choice. That's exactly right. That requires thinking. 
And even if you don't want to buy that argument, I have to read that first and think about it first before I'm going to have emotions show up. So I go read that. You shall love the Lord your God. I therefore am thinking about it, and therefore my emotions start showing up after that point in time. Emotions are often untrustworthy, and they're always responders. If you don't put that into your mind, you're going to miss the ability to be able to provide grace for somebody else and operate in freedom in the right way. Well, there you have it. We're not going to understand freedom unless we know how to deal with our emotions first. If we don't think about our emotions and see them in the proper light, that's exactly right. Well, Herman, I thank you. There's enough here. I think I'd like to revisit it next time, if you don't mind. Okay. And I'd like to unpack this a little bit. What's amazing to me is how insignificant the adultery was to the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and how easy it is to overcome. Bless God, there is hope for our relationships. That's great relationships. GRNumeral8relationships.com, the website. Find us and like us on Facebook. We'll see you again next time. So, Barb, how's it going with Jim? You know, I was listening to last week's Great Relationships show, and what Herman said made total sense. I made the decision to pursue Jim's best, and I've been doing it since last week. But he's not changing. I mean, how long am I supposed to wait? Okay, let me get this straight. You are only willing to seek Jim's best if you get the results you want? How long does God wait for us to obey his word? Forever. You're right. God gives us the freedom to make our own choices. Doesn't it make sense that you need to give Jim the freedom to love you in the same way? You're right. I can't believe I was so blind. There I was pursuing Jim's best, but I started making it all about me instead of just pursuing his best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and Jane, unconditionally. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.